0: The best commentary on scripture is, the best commentary on scripture is, be obedient. The best commentary on scripture is, be obedient. Well, glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you ready this morning? Well, one of you is. Are. I'll have to ask that question next week. <laughs> we, have that, we have that time change. To see how many of you will be ready. You'll be coming in with your pajamas on. <laughs> okay, Father, we're praising you. We just give you thanks, Lord, as we. Look to your word, Father God. I thank you, Lord, that each and every one of us, Father God, is ready, Father God, to hear this word, Father God. And Father God, as we receive, Father God, we're asking that your Holy Spirit even give, give us greater revelation knowledge. So, Father, we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this was kind of This kind of took off on Wednesday night because uh, we were going into the new book, the new session, and it talked about uh, a time frame and how time frames go like this, up and down. So uh, I came up with, have you been so down that you thought you couldn't get up? or that you would never experience joy and peace again. Amen. Glory to God. So turn with me to the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 27. That's 1 Samuel, chapter 27. And verse verse 1 from the Amplified. But David said in his heart, I shall now perish. Well, David's experiencing this thing that uh, he's down. Uh, and uh, he says, I'm going to perish. So that means he's, uh, he feels like he's not ex- going to experience joy or peace again. I shall now perish. Uh, it indicates that David was really in despair. How many of you have ever had that? Well, I hope you never have. Being that, uh, experience, have experienced that, uh, that much despair. Somehow, in David's darkest hour, he forgot. He forgot. He forgot that God had, uh, has given him a means by which uh, you can bring about changes hmm, to any problem or or situation or circumstance that comes your way that you you might be facing. um, And no matter how desperate the uh, situation might be or how in despair it could be, you have to do something about it. Because God is not going to change anything for you. You hear that? God's not going to change anything for you. He's given you his word. He's given you the Bible. He's given you his promises. He's given you faith. And you get that by reading the word, hearing the word. He's giving you his spirit who guides you, who teaches you. The spirit is our helper. So it becomes our responsibility now. To speak God's word and bring about the change that we need. In um, this darkest hour that David had, when he says, uh, I'm going to perish, he does what many of us Christians do, unfortunately. Uh, we run to the world. And if, you read, if you're reading this chapter, and if you recall, uh, Saul is chasing him, so he decides to go down to the Philistines. He's going into the world to get his help. How many of us, how many of you know, no hands. Nobody's going to, nobody's ever gone to the, gone to the world for help and, you know, instead of crying out to God, we go, to, oh, you know, I go here, I go, you know, my buddy's going to help me out or the bank's going to help me out or something. But our first response should be going to the word. There are two ways that Christians uh, go through this world. Uh, we can remember God or we forget about God. That's terrible. The second one here uh, is trusting God with all our heart or leaning into our own understanding. Those are the two, two ways. And now turn to a ch- couple chapters over. Chapter... Uh, One, uh, pardon me, chapter 30, 1 Samuel 30, we want to look at verse 6 and look what happened here. This, you know, all this, David's in despair. We go on and that's uh, 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6. And David was greatly distressed. For the people spake of stoning him because the soul of the people was grieved. Every man for his son and his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. This is what David should have did on the first, first thing around. We need to encourage ourselves in the Lord. Whatever bad experience you may be going through, you don't have to live through it. You can change it. We need to do the same thing that David did. Encourage ourselves in the Lord. Now there's four principles that we need to look at right away uh, that will bring victory into our lives. And they are one, deaf to self, deaf to self. So turn with me to Matthew, the book of Matthew, chapter 16. That's Matthew chapter 16. Look what Jesus says here. Matthew 16. Verse 24, Jesus is speaking. That's Matthew 16, verse 24. Then Jesus said unto the disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, that's bringing death, and take up his cross and follow me. Do what God says. Do what Jesus says. Follow him, not follow what our own desires are. Amen. The second principle that we need to do or have is go all the way back to the book of Revelation. Chapter 12, that's Revelation chapter 12, and looking at verse 11, that's Revelation 12, 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of her testimony. So we need death to self and the blood of Lamb and the word of our testimony to get us over the hump that, uh, or the distress that we are feeling that we're going through. Second, a third thing we need to do, I know we're running real quick here. Drop back to the book, second book of Timothy, that's 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. This is another response that we need to do. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, something that we re- have read quite a few times. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Rightly divining the word of truth. We should not be ashamed. When the situations and circumstances that try to drive us down, we need to bring the word up. That's our sword. It destroys the enemy. Glory to God. And the fourth thing we need to do. So we have death to self. Our testimony the blood of the lamb. Feeding on the word. The fourth thing we need to do, let's go to 1 Peter chapter 1. That's 1 Peter chapter 1. We need to do this. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22. Seeing that you have purified your souls in obeying the truth. We need to obey the truth through the spirit. So we need to obey the truth. And yield to the spirit. This will take us over the hump. This will give us the victory. The, those four things, four major principles, will give us the victory that we're looking for. Now, with all set, that all said and done, let's go all the way back to the Old Testament. And you want to find the book of Proverbs. That's the book of Proverbs. In the book of Proverbs chapter 3, Proverbs chapter 3 has foundational truths and principles that we should put into practice, and we're going to be looking at them. It has great promises that speak of covenant blessings. Has anybody heard of covenant blessings? I I believe you've been writing it on your check, so we're going to look at some covenant blessings that come your way. Virtually covenant blessings to those who heed and obey. So we need to be listening. Amen. Um, we may think that we have made great spiritual progress. You know, some of us think we're, you know, pretty good. <laughs> you know, but then uh, we find out there's something new. Always something new you learn. The more you, the more you learn, the less you know. When, you, when you're looking at God's word, well, I didn't know that, and then you, you go, you know, wow. Um, so there's these principles that we're going to learn that they, they can, uh, they are rewards for us. So we're going to look at spiritual blessing rewards that we're going to look at this morning. So it's uh, titled Spiritual Blessings if you're looking for, uh, Covenant Blessings, if you're looking for one today. Um, These spiritual laws that we were looking at are based on faith. These spiritual laws are based on faith. uh, And faith cometh by hearing, Romans 10, 17, right? By hearing the word. The Bible repeatedly makes references to the laws that in obedience to God, we will be blessed. In obedience to God's word, we will be blessed. In obedience to God's word, we will be blessed. Can't can't uh, stress that more than enough. This is stated over and over through the word of God. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Those who honor God, God will honor. Those who honor God, God will honor. Um, So, looking at verse, uh, chapter 3 again, in verse, uh, Proverbs 3, pardon me, Proverbs chapter 3, let's go to verse 1. My son, my daughter, forget not. First thing, we are not to forget. We are not to forget the word, but let thy heart keep thy commandments, or the word. Wow. Wow. It means we we need to focus on the word. Glory to God! Don't reject it. Sometimes we, we see something. I don't like that. I you know that uh, we say that doesn't apply to me. That's Old Testament saints have to do that, but I don't. There's certain things that still apply. And it says we need to keep them in our heart. That means we keep them focused and uh, act upon them. Uh, some people think it's a doing so. It would you know. Looking at the word, uh, you waste your time and energy. Uh, this is far from the truth. And in in the book of Joshua, you remember the book of Joshua, uh, Joshua one eight. It says, uh, "This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, for good success. The book." The word shall not depart from thy mouth, for they shall make thy way prosperous. The word's going to make you prosperous for good success. I think that's something we all shot about. Amen, So let's continue here. "My son, forget, not. Forget not. Keep the word before you. Verse two, here's a, here's a covenant blessing. For length of days and long life and peace shall be added unto thee. Look at that. Length of days, long life, and peace shall be added unto you. If we don't forget the word. That means we're keeping the word in front of us. Glory to God. Hallelujah. A good life. Who had a good life? Well, let's... uh, Keep your marker there because we're going to come back to Proverbs. But I want us to go to the book of Deuteronomy. Find the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 34. That would make it the last chapter, I believe. Good life. Long, I said, long life, right? Proverbs said long life. Deuteronomy chapter thirty-four, looking at verse seven, and Moses was Deuteronomy thirty-four verse seven, and Moses was a hundred and twenty years old when he died. That's pretty good life. You know, some say, well, he must have been real bad. You know, where's that cane? You know, but that's not what it says. Moses was 120 years old. When he died, his eye was not dim. He didn't wear glasses. <laughs> I've got to start speaking to my eyes a little bit more. Correct, correct. I'll have corrective lenses put in by God. Amen. Amen. What else? Nor was his natural forces abated. Oh, wow. That means his physical strength had not decreased. Even in old age, I mean, he could still skip and jump, run through a troop, climb up a wall, and he at 120. I mean, most people right now, you, at 80 and 90, you know, you're saying, you know, where we slow down. So, this long life is something we need to be interested in. I think. At least at least for me I am interested I'm just trying to approach these this age barrier here. Some of you say you are young chickens you know you'll never reach it but if the Lord tarries you may have the gray hairs. Some of you women won't I mean you know. <laughs> Oh boy, okay. better get myself out of that one. Okay. So it's something we need to be interested about. Long life, good life. I mean, we need to be interested. Okay. Uh, now, since we're there in Deuteronomy, I want to let's go over to Joshua chapter 14 right now. Turn to Joshua chapter 14. This is somebody else that long, lived a long, good life. Let's see what happens here. You remember Caleb? He was one of the two that uh, went into the promised land and uh, went to the, uh, the 12 spies and went into the promised land and came back with a good report and the rest of them, the, the, the 10 didn't. But they, Joshua and Caleb uh, came back. And here we see, Caleb also uh, serves as a lesson for us to never release, never release. Don't forget. God's promises for a long life I will give thee. Okay, Caleb is 85 years old when they're going into the land now. You found Joshua 14. Let's go to verse 10. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive this is Joshua speaking, as he has said. These forty-five years since the Lord has spoken unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the desert, and now, lo, I, I this day, fourscore and five years old, eighty-five years old. Mo, uh, Caleb is saying, "Yet look at verse eleven. Yet I am as strong this day as I was the day that Moses sent me out." Okay, forty years. 40 years, he's saying at at 40 years of age, I feel, I should say, at 85, I feel like a 45-year-old. I still have strength. Wow. So give me this mountain, as you read. He says, I have the strength to take the mountain. And Joshua said, go for it. Can you see an 85-year-old man today going into battle? Running and jumping and shouting and screaming? We just send the young kids out there. That means I would be good for the military yet. Think about it. This is he, he didn't release God's promise. You cannot release God's promise. Start speaking to your bodies. I've got to start speaking to my eyes. I've got to start speaking to to the muscle tone of my body. Oh, some of us, okay. Well, we can't forget the ladies. Okay? So turn with me to the book of Genesis. Ladies will like this one. So do I. Genesis chapter 12. In Genesis chapter 12, we're talking about ladies. We're talking about, we're going to look at Sarah, Abraham's wife. Genesis 12, going to verse 14. And it came to pass that when Abraham was come at the east, the Egyptians beheld the woman, that she was very fair. He, they're talking about who? Sarah. And the princes also of Pharaoh saw her and commanded before her, Pharaoh, that the woman be taken into Pharaoh's house. Uh Uh-oh. Chapter 20. Okay, this is another example of Sarah. That's chapter 20 of Genesis, looking at verse 3. But God came to Abimelech in the uh, dream by night and said unto him, Behold, thou art a dead man for the woman which thou hast taken for she is a, a man's wife. He's talking about Sarah. Here's the king. Two different kings are wanting Sarah. She's in her mid-80s to 90s. <laughs> and these guys desired her. To be in their harem, that's where all the beautiful ladies were kept. Sarah was not selected to be a maid or a chaperone, come on now. She was was there with the rest of the young ladies, beautiful young ladies. and for these two guys to, to want her to be in the, in the kingdom, their, their harem, she had to be hot-looking. <laughs> right? I mean, now, now we consider the, 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 the age that we can be, 120, good eyesight, excellent health, being able to do anything that a 40-year-old do, can do or younger. And here... We're looking at a woman that's in her 80s and 90s, l- ravishing looking. Well, glory to God. This is this is covenant blessings. We need to start claiming some of these covenant blessings. I mean, they're there for us to pick up. I mean, it's fine to retire, but... You know, a lot of people retire and just a few years later, they're gone. A few months later, they're gone because they're all burnt out. At You retire at, we'll say, 65, nine days. You've got another 60 years to run around, play around on. And you're not going to be hobbling around with a cane or a walker or a wheelchair. You're going to be strutting out there. Well, anyway, uh, so ladies, consider speaking and confessing the word over yourselves, okay? Uh, what God has done for one, he will do for others because we have not because we ask not. That's what James says in James 4, 2. You have not because you ask not. So some of us start to, start to need to talk to God. Hey, God, you did it for them, you know. I don't need these wrinkles anymore, just, you know. And I need that jet black hair again. <laughs> and the hair. And I want to be able to run around. I want to feel good. I don't want to just, you know, just barely moping. I want to be able to run the marathons again. Caleb could do it at 85. Moses could do it at 120. His natural forces were not abated. Start spe- we need to start speaking to our bodies. Ladies, you can look hot all the time. Oh, boy, I'll tell you some of this. Okay. This is the type of life God has designed for us long life. Strong, good health, radiant, confident, with a good, clear mind. You know, some of the people, as they get older, their mind starts to go. That's not the case. It's not the case with God's people. We need to start speaking over ourselves now. Turn, you know, it says it takes... Take a, it takes a ship a long time to turn in the water. Hey, some of, us, some of you are, are in the prime of life now. Just say, this is where I'm going to be when I'm 120. If the Lord should tarry, I'm going to be this strong. I'm going to be this good looking. I'm going to be able to accomplish this. My mind's going to be sharp. Don't let the devil steal from you. We've let the devil steal our covenant blessings too long for too long. We need to come alive to co- covenant blessings. Long life, I will satisfy you. Good health, strength, to do whatever you want to do. I mean, Caleb wanted to go to war. That's not a that's not a you know an no man's job. Today, shoot, he was going to war at that time. I can go to war now myself. I think I'll vol- no, I'm not going to volunteer <laughs> right now. Amen. John 10:10 10, 10 says that they might have life more abundantly. This is the life God's called us to have, more abundant life, the covenant blessing life. We are reminded, forget not. Going back to Proverbs 3, verse 1, forget not. So we need to be bold to speak God's word over ourselves daily. This is not just a one-time deal. This is daily. I would do it three times a day. Start just like you get a meal. Three times a day we need to speak the word, word of God over ourselves to get the results that we need to have, that you're wanting. These are covenant blessings. It's only going to come that way because it's spoken by the word of God. You got to claim them. Okay. For length of days and long life and peace shall be added Verse 3. Proverbs 3. Verse 3. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thy heart. Let... Not mercy, which is grace, and truth, revelation knowledge. Don't let the grace and revelation knowledge forsake you. Write them on your heart. Whatever you learn from God's Word, keep it in your heart. Again, we're reminded to keep and establish and hold on to the truth in our heart. Keep it in your heart, don't let it go. That's the key. Keep it in your heart. Keep it before you always. Glory to God. This is essential for our total well-being. This is essential for our total well-being. Keeping it in our heart. We can't afford to let the covenant blessings fall to the side any longer. We need to call them up. That's why you write on your check, covenant blessing. It's reminding yourself that God has given you a promise to a greater blessing. Verse 4. So shall I find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Oh, glory to God. Good understanding. Favor. Favor is success. God's talking about success, and you're, you're discerning in this area. Glory to God. So we need, by keeping God's word, we're able, it's able to sustain us. In favor with God and man. I mean, everywhere you walk, you ought to have favor. Something about you, I don't know what's something about you, but you've got favor. I'm going to give you this deal. Boy, some of us have to need some good deals coming our way. What a great benefits are added to one's life when we become aware of covenant blessings and begin to call upon them. Call upon your covenant blessings to come forth. Don't let them just sit there. Ministering angels, bring about that covenant blessing that I'm, I'm calling in. Don't let your. Angels sit around and do nothing. They need to be activated. Activate your angels. Verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not to thy thy own understanding. This is a foundational truth that we need to understand or adhere to. There are great covenant blessings to those who will heed the word and obey it daily in their lives. Covenant blessings, daily. Coming to life. Some of us are, are, are shocked sometimes when we get blessed. Every once in a while. No, it's need to be, it should be a daily thing. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. All the days, not every other week, not every other year, not every month, but daily. The covenant blessings are daily. We just need to open up to them. Amen. We are not to trust the world's ways. The world ways lead or tend to be negative. They pull you down. All news tends to be bad news. Most country western Western songs sound like, she left me, so did my dog, and someone, some thief stole my pickup truck. Rap music, when you hear it, is usually anger, angry, rebellious, and offensive. I mean, some of, those, some of the words coming out of those songs are terrible. I mean, you can have your windows, you're driving in the car, you have your windows up and these guys have their, and it's coming out. They're putrefying the atmosphere around them with the words they're using. The blues just lead you further down into the dumps. Our society wants to keep us on the wrong side of living mediocre at best. They don't want you having good. They, want you, they don't want you even average. They just want you mediocre. Just get down there. Are we trusting verse 5? Are we trusting the Lord with all our heart? Is everything we offering up to Him are we trusting Him at 4? He says What? Trust the Lord. God is saying, trust me. Trust me. This is the message he's saying. Trust me. He wants us to learn from him. Glory to God. The word of God is given unto us to remind us of who we are and what we are capable of doing through God and his word. Amen. Amen. Well, well, well. Moving along. Verse 6. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. That's again Proverbs 3, verse 6. In all his in all thy way, in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. This is an inter- interesting statement. It means far more than giving a direction or guidance. It means to continue, to begin, to continue, and end every work, purpose, and plan with God and His Word. To begin, continue, and end every work, purpose, and plan with God and His Word. That's what it means. It means to make the path plain. To remove all hindrances, this is good news, away from you. To make you successful, to bring about an appropriate conclusion. What a covenant blessing promise. Again, God alone is our helper. May we establish and secure God's uncompromising word in our hearts and lives. We need to come alive to it. Oh. Verse 8 says, It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Well, what's going on with that? What's he talking about? Health to thy navel. And marrow to thy bones. The navel, uh, it, it means this, Like the navel, it means that where a child receives life and nourishment from its mother while in the womb. So fearing God and departing from evil gives life to the child of God. Being in the navel, you're in the center. Being protected. As marrow gives strength and moisture to the bones, so keeping the word of God produces inner strength And maturity for a child of God. Moral. The word produces inner strength. That's what that moral is for. And maturity. We need that. Glory to God. Verses 9 and 10. Honor honor the Lord with thy substance and with thy first fruit. All thy increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty. And thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Wow. Christian living includes generous giving. Christian living includes generous giving. I or, Some of us could say oops. Tithing. Giving and tithing, hmm. The problem is some individuals wrestle uh, uh, wrestle with this. Can't give cheerfully. Uh, here comes that plate again. Here comes that receptacle again. They want me to put something in it. They uh, squeeze the nickel that the buffalo cries. It hurts to give. Their problem is. They're not sowing, they're not sowing, they're throwing. The problem is they're not sowing, they are throwing. A farmer, think about this, a farmer that sows seeds in the dirt, the worst thing you can expect, dirt. A farmer sows seeds in the dirt expects a harvest at season's end because he believes the seed will produce. When you plant seeds in your garden, you're, you're not just in hoping. You're believing that that plant's going to come up, that flower's going to come up, or the, 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 the watermelon or the corn or whatever you planted. You, you're expecting it to come up. Amen? I hope you do. Remember, we are looking at Promise, covenant blessings. We're looking at promi- promise, covenant blessings. So let's go to the book of Luke. Chapter 6. You already know where I'm going, some of you. Luke chapter 6 and verse 38. That's Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Give, and it should be given unto you. Good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give unto your bosoms. For the same measure that ye meet withal, it shall be measured unto you again. That's what Mike said this morning, or quoted this morning. Give. Wow. Giving. Oh, okay, let's go to that 3M section of the Bible. And go to the first 3M, which is Malachi, last book in the Old Testament, Malachi chapter 3. Again, we know where we're going. It says, bring all the tithes, that's Malachi 3, 10. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house, and prove me now within, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven, pour out you a blessing, a covenant blessing, that there shall be not room enough to receive it. What are you believing for? You just put, oh, this is my tithe. I put it in there. You've got to believe that thing is going to be a harvest. The farmer puts seed in the ground and he believes for a harvest. God says you put seed in his ground, you need to believe a covenant blessing, a harvest come your way. Wow. Wow. Covenant blessings are out there for the believer. Uh, Remember, maybe you don't, we we spoke about this one time, or we read about it. Remember the great earthquake in San Francisco, April 19th, 1906, the earthquake. Remember that little book on tithing? Remember that? And who was, they had that big, uh, well, I don't know how big it was, but it was a big manufacturer. Kern, jars, and everything around that place got destroyed. Buildings toppled, fences got, you know, everything got burned up. He had hit the the fence work around his building, or his property, just got singed. Not a kern jar dropped to the floor during that earthquake. That's Tyler's blessings. Wow! That's, that, God was protecting his investment, investment that was God's investment. Wow. So Kern Glass, glory to God. I can't remember some of the other ones, but I found a couple others you might be interested in. There was a guy named Williams. Oh, William. He became a believer and began giving his 10%. Income to the Lord. Okay, I'll put it, I'll put it that way. Then he decided to increase it 20%. Now, I know some of us are you know, starting to fudge up there a little bit and start to do that. Glory to God. Later, he really pushed it. It didn't go just one digit, he went three digits. He went up to 50%. And it started hey, this is working. Boy. And all this time, God was blessing him. If you remember that book that we. I have to get those books again. These people start increasing their tithes and offerings, and God continued to bless him. Soon this, this William was giving 99% of his, his income to the Lord. William Colgate. Brush brusha, brush a eye panel, whatever teeth, Colgate toothpaste, that's who it was. Well, some of you, if you're starting a business, or going into business, or thinking about a business... You know, or even if you don't even have a business, you, you're t- look for promotions coming your way as you give. I'm not saying, you know. These, mm-hmm. these men tested it out, proved it out. Yeah. Some of us had nothing. Now we've got a house to live in. Some of us never had a car, a good car. Now we've got good cars to drive in. I mean, come on. Start to look at the blessings. Look at some of the things that God has done since you started tithing and, blessing and, and believing. God wants to open, open the door further for each and every one of us if we just get on board, okay? Okay, another man began to tithe and he started to increase his tithe until he gave most of his income to the Lord also. His business is ketchup. Heinz ketchup. And all, all his subsidiaries now, he's got, well... give most of his money away, and, and look at that. And, and he's a millionaire, multi-billionaire, where these guys are and where, where they're at. These guys put God to the test. so well, you got to have a business? No, you don't have to have a business. God, God's able to send somebody your way. You, you could be doing it, and all of a sudden, you know, you just got, you've been selected to receive you know I, don't know, I don't know how it's going to come. It's going to come your way. God has to do it. He says, if, you, if you're going to bless me in my business, I'm going to bless you. He says, oh, man. Whoa, whoa, to God. His success was due to the fact that he, too, observed the law of sowing and reaping. Okay. Anybody heard the name of H.B. Cromwell Com- uh, or Cromwell? Anybody ever heard that name? Think. Some of it, it, I know if I put the picture in front of you, you would know who it is. H. P. Cromwell. He gave the majority of his work income to to the Lord's work. His company? Quaker Oaks. Whoa. And I mean, it's not just Quaker Oaks. I mean, he's got different lines, just like Heinz got different lines, you know? How about another guy? His name's Kraft everybody know what craft is goes with the cheeseburger the 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 ketchup right oh glory to God and you can drink milk out of a current glass (laughs) some some people I mean you go to uh, Restaurant. And sometimes they got the current glasses and you get your sodas out of it. Yeah. So you got your, your, your soda and your ketchup and your cheese together. All these big business guys. And you're making them even richer because you buy their products. And they're, give, they're still giving it to God if they're still alive. I don't know if some of these guys, some of them are, are f- further older. Let's go to, uh, turn with me to 2 Corinthians at this point. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, this is their story. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, this is their story. Verse 6. But I say, He that soweth sparingly shall, also, uh, shall reap sparingly, but he which soweth bountifully shall reap bountifully. What did these guys do? They sowed Bountiful, not just the 10%, not the 20%, the fifth. I mean, those are good. I mean, if you're, if you're doing your, your, your obli- if we're doing our obligation of giving 10%, you're doing good, and, uh, and offerings, you're doing good. But these individuals took it to a different step. You say, well, well my, my job, I don't have a company, I don't have a jo- uh, job that pays that much. Wait. If you do, increase it, God's got to do something. He'll give you a witty idea to start making money to, to produce it like, like these guys did. Some of you've got some witty ideas that ju- they're just just waiting to be explored. There's supposed to be a big truck wash out there. Truck wash out there, right, Brian? You mentioned that before. He's on his way. You has to have that vision. You has to have that, that goal. you got to have a vision goal. God will give you something. Come on. Little Star Preschool. It's not little anymore. Big Star. It's got to be called Big Star. You can... We're caught with our own words. Little Star Just barely see, but if you got a big star, people are going to see it. You're going to have subsidiaries, you know, one on that side of town, one on that side of town, one on that side. Oh, there's one over in that other city. Big star. I don't know if you're going to change it, but, you know, sometimes we're caught by our own words. Hello. God, of course, does not want your money. But he uses it as an instrument to bless you when you sow into his kingdom. Glory to God. Hallelujah. When it comes to giving, do you come in faith, trusting God, and knowing that you are sowing for your future? No one can outgive God. Those individuals that we talk about. They're giving, they have given vast amounts and God says, oh, I can't give any more because it's all going to Heinz over here now. Sorry, Mr. Kraft, you can't get anything. It's going to Heinz. No, he's got enough for everybody. It's up to you. You have, I don't want to put it this way, but I'll put it, you have the genie in the bottle and you've got to uncork it. All right. Tithing and giving is proof of obedience to God's appreciation of covenant blessings. Okay. Now, how we how, how, doing well. Turn with me to again to the Old Testament, to First Chronicles. First Chronicles, and we want to go to chapter four. And if you remember reading First Chronicles chapter 4, it just had a list of names, what people, what people who are they are, and all that type of stuff. Uh, we sing this song. You'll, some of you will know what I'm talking about now. First Chronicles chapter 4, looking at verse 10, it says, that's First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 10. And Jabez called upon the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou would bless me indeed. Bless me with what? Covenant blessings. And enlarge my coast, that thy hand might be with me, that thou wouldst keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. And God granted that which he requested. What are you doing? Are you requesting things from God, that the covenant blessings come your way, or are you just going to mum about it? Hello? Okay. I have one more scripture and we will close. Let's return to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 30. That's Deuteronomy, chapter 30. And you need to highlight this one. I mean, they're all good. That I gave you this morning were hi- good to be highlighted, but you didn't need to look at it. Deuteronomy, chapter 30. Verse 5. He's talking to the Israelis, but you know, I believe we can still take this promise. And the uh, Deuteronomy 30, verse 5. And the Lord thy God will bring thee into the land which thou fathers possessed. And thou shalt possess it. And he will do good. He will do good thee good. Pardon me. <laughs> he will... Do thee good. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He's going to do you good. Amen. But what's the next last part of that verse say? And multiply thee above thy fathers. Amen. Who was their fathers? Who were their fathers? Who were the Israeli fathers? They say. Who were the who were the three fathers? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What were they? Patriots. What did they have? They had blessings. They were wealthy. And he told those that followed, the fathers, the patriotic fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they would what? He would do what at the end of that verse? Are you reading your Bibles or are mine the only one here? I will multiply the above. Whatever they had, we can have above. You say, well, we're not Jews. Well, it says that we have the father of faith, which is Abraham, so we're part of that family. Whatever he had, it's multiplied unto us. If we will take it, don't go to sleep on me you got to think on this one above what they had they had land they had possessions you go back there they had good health I mean all the blessings that we looked at all the covenant blessings that we looked at we can have them above what they had so 120 years is nothing Finance is nothing. It's going to be above. But you've got to claim the promise. You've got to, what we said, what did, what did Joshua say in Joshua eight? Meditate upon these things day and night, or night and day. You've got to start thinking, thanking God, this is a covenant blessing I want. Because you already, you already established it, and I might, I'm your child. I want to see it come to pass that I might do something great. I want to do better than Heinz. I want to do better than Kraft. I want to do better than Kerr and all the rest of the guys. Bill Gates will be asking to borrow money from you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, none of us, none of you think of it that way, do you? It's the other way around. Mr. Gates, you know, I've got, a, I've got an invention here that... Uh, no, he ought to be coming to you. I see you have an invention. Uh, I like to buy stock in it. He's coming to you. They'll be coming to you. But you've got to, you've got to see the future that way. You can't say, well, you know, I'll, I'll never amount to anything. Or, I'm too old for this, I don't have the education. It never comes to pass. That's right, it never comes to pass because you're thinking the world's way, a negative way, the average way, the mediocre way. You've been given God's word to be above and not beneath. Rich, not poor. Healthy and not sick. Glad and joyful and not sad. It's ours. The covenant blessing is ours. Write it down. Speak to God. Amen. (laughs) Yours. The world's open to you. Don't let your ideas go. Don't let your goals go. God's opened the door for you. This is the year of the Spirit. The doors are open. It's time to move out. So i all stand. Anybody need prayer first? All right, stand. Father, we're praising you. We just give you thanks, Lord, that You've given us covenant blessings, Father God, and we're praising you. We just give you thanks, Lord, that we can latch on to this truth, Father God. And, Father God, there will be no longer limits, Father God, in our lives that we, we put on ourselves, Father God. But, Father God, we open ourselves, Father God, to your word, Father God, for the greatness that dwells within us, Father God. We can share the blessings with others. Uh, As we go our separate ways, Father God, I thank you, Lord. This is the day that you've made, Father God, and we rejoice in it. And everyone said, Amen. amen.